I'm Timothy Putnam, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Each week we gather right here to explore the foundations of our faith, to look at the implications of our faith on our daily lives, so that together we can prepare to live outside the walls. Well, we're here in the season of Lent, and uh, last week we talked about fasting. Right? We uh, had a friend on, Joe Heschmeyer, from uh, the Archdiocese of Kansas City, Kansas. He's currently studying in the seminary in Rome. Uh, and uh, this week I decided I was going to continue that Lenten theme. Last week we talked about fasting. This week we're going to talk about prayer. And next week we're going to find someone, I haven't found them yet, but we're going to find someone to talk about almsgiving. Uh, those three pillars of the Lenten season, the Lenten fast. And of course, Lent being that thing which prepares us for a sharing, a participation in the Paschal mystery. So a Paschal mystery being the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So uh, that's the center of our faith, right? And uh, you you must want, want to know something about our faith because here you are, you're listening to Catholic Radio, either on one of the 10 stations we're on or on the Breadbox Media app, breadboxmedia.com, uh, which you can get around the world. You can tune in at the, just like it's a radio station, listen to it through your car on Bluetooth or any other way that you get audio from your phone to your radio, uh, or just, you know, listen to it uh, when you're out on your jog, because this is, I'm telling you, this is a jogging kind of a show, right? It just gets the blood pumping. Uh, okay, maybe maybe I'm more the stroll through the park leisurely than the jog, but you get the idea. Lots of different ways you can connect with us. One of those ways is through podcast, but I have to tell you, our podcast has moved, uh, and so we're going to put up a little uh, announcement on our old podcast, so that because obviously if you're listening to the old podcast, you're not getting this because our podcast has moved. So when you go to your iTunes, go ahead and type in Breadbox Media outside the walls and that'll take you to the correct one that's the one that's getting updated more regularly of course since we moved down here to the texas area and the uh the job has been a little bit busier than previous uh, i haven't been updating as well uh and my personal uh side of things and so luckily there's someone over there at Breadbox media uh jennifer uh is just working away, making sure all the podcasts are up on time. Lots of great shows over on Breadbox Media. So certainly go subscribe to my show through the Breadbox Media feed on iTunes uh, and take a look at some of the other things they have going on there. Today, we're talking about prayer. And so there's no better way to start off a show on prayer than to start in prayer. Christ our Lord has warned us to watch and pray to avoid temptation. With our whole heart, let us pray to him Turn to us, Lord, and have mercy. Jesus, our Christ, you promise to be with those who pray in your name. Help us always to pray with you to the Father in the Holy Spirit. Bridegroom of the Church, cleanse her from every stain. Teach her to walk in hope and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Friend of the human race, teach us concern for our neighbor as you have commanded, that all may see you more clearly as the light of the world. King of peace, give your peace to the world, that your presence may reveal your saving power in every place. Open the door of eternal happiness to all the dead. Welcome them into the glory of unending life. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father, look on us, your children. Through the discipline of Lent, help us to grow in our desire for you. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Today, our readings from Scripture come from Thursday, the 18th. Uh, They fit a little bit better with our our theme of prayer today, and so I wanted to go back just a couple of days and pull those. Our first reading comes from the book of Esther, chapter C. Now, if you're not familiar with that, and I certainly wasn't, uh, C comes right after 4, but before 5, because in the Greek, in the Septuagint, uh, then there were some there was some extra text in there that wasn't in the the Hebrew, uh, which is what most of the Old Testament is based on. So in order to keep everything straight, rather than add a number between a number and renumber things, uh, they just give it the chapter number letter C. So this comes from the the Book of Esther, chapter C. Queen Esther, seized with mortal anguish, had recourse to the Lord. She lay prostrate upon the ground, together with her handmaids, from morning until evening, and said, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob, blessed are you. Help me, who am alone, and have no help but you, for I am taking my life in my hand. As a child, I used to hear from the books of my forefathers that you, O Lord, always free those who are pleasing to you. Now help me, who am alone, and have no one but you, O Lord my God. And now come to help me, an orphan, put in my mouth persuasive words in the presence of the lion, and turn his heart to hatred for our enemy, so that he and those who are in league with him may perish. Save us from the hand of our enemies, and turn our mourning into gladness, and our sorrows into wholeness. That reading comes from the book of Esther, chapter C. Today's responsorial psalm is Psalm 138. Lord, on the day I called for help, you answered me. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, with all my heart. For you have heard the words of my mouth. In the presence of the angels, I will sing your praise. I will worship at your holy temple and give thanks to your name. Lord, on the day I called for help, you answered me. Because of your kindness and your truth, for you have made great above all things, your name and your promise. When I called, you answered me. You built up strength within me. Lord, on the day I called for help, you answered me. Your right hand saves me. The Lord will complete what he has done for me. Your kindness, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the work of your hands. Lord, on the day I called for help, you answered me. Today's gospel reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7. Jesus said to his disciples, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which one of you would hand his son a stone when he asked for a loaf of bread, or a snake when he asked for a fish. If you then, who are wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Do to others whatever you would have them do to you. This is the law and the prophets. 
That reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7. Today's reading from Church History comes from a treatise on the Lord's Prayer by St. Cyprian. Dear brothers, the commands of the Gospel are nothing else than God's lessons, the foundations on which to build up hope, the supports for strengthening faith, the food that nourishes the heart. They are the rudder for keeping us on the right course, the protection that keeps our salvation secure. As they instruct the receptive minds of believers on earth, they lead safely to the kingdom of heaven. God willed that many things should be said by the prophets, his servants, and listened to by his people. How much greater are the things spoken by the Son? These are now witnessed to by the very word of God who spoke through the prophets. The word of God does not now command us to prepare the way for his coming. He comes in person and opens up the way for us and directs us toward it. Before, we wandered in the darkness of death aimlessly and blindly. Now we are enlightened by the light of grace and are to keep to the highway of life with the Lord to proceed and direct us. The Lord has given us many counsels and commandments to help us toward salvation. He has even given us a pattern of prayer, instructing us on how we are to pray. He has given us life, and with his accustomed generosity, he has also taught us how to pray. He has made it easy for us to be heard as we pray to the Father in the words taught us by the Son. He has already foretold that the hour was coming when true worshipers would worship the Father in spirit and in truth. He fulfilled what he had promised before, so that we who have received the Spirit and the truth through the holiness he has given us may worship in truth and in the Spirit through the prayer he has taught. What prayer could be more a prayer in the Spirit than the one given us by Christ, by whom the Holy Spirit was sent upon us? What prayer could be more a prayer in the truth than the one spoken by the lips of the Son who is truth himself? It follows that to pray in any other way than the Son has taught us is not only the result of ignorance, but of sin. He himself has commanded it and has said, you reject the command of God and set up your own tradition. So, my brothers, let us pray as God our Master has taught us to ask the Father in words his Son has given us, to let him hear the prayer of Christ ringing in his ears, is to make our prayer one of friendship, a family prayer. Let the Father recognize the words of his Son. Let the Son who lives in our hearts be also on our lips. We have him as an advocate for sinners before the Father. When we ask for forgiveness of our sins, let us use the words given by our Advocate. He tells us, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. What more effective prayer could we then make in the name of Christ than the words of his own prayer? That reading from Church History comes from a a treatise on the Lord's Prayer by St. Cyprian, Bishop and Martyr. And, you know, I think so many times we try to make prayer uh, maybe too difficult, you know, we think, oh, well, I have to have all of these uh, perfect words and this right formula and everything uh, absolutely in order before God will hear me. And that isn't what we're told 
right? We're, we're not told that God's just waiting for us to get an order. In fact, uh, in that very first reading, as we listen to the story of Esther, uh, we hear that she does not feel like she has it all together, and she lays down on the floor and she cries out. Uh, we, we know that when we cry out to God, even in the midst of our distress, we see this in the Psalms over and over and over. I called you in my distress and you answered me. And so, we, we, you know, we think we've got to have this perfect thing laid out. And you know, I hear some people say, what if I'm praying this novena wrong? What if I'm, what if I'm not praying correctly? Listen, if you are trying to put your heart next to the heart of God and to be heard, then you're praying correctly. You're, if your goal is communion, to be heard by God and to hear God, then you're praying correctly. Let's hear the words of the, the prayer that Christ gave us, not as a, uh, a rote prayer that we have to do exactly, but hear the heart of that prayer and pray in accordance with that prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, be holy. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's that same prayer Jesus prayed in the garden at his passion. Not my will, but yours be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses in the same way as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's okay to ask God to provide for your needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Lead us not into temptation. I think this is the one that right now I need the most uh, is just, you know, protect me, Lord Jesus, even from my own temptations. Deliver us not, uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This prayer at its core is Jesus revealing to us the desire of the Father to give us the things that we need to protect us from evil and to have his will made manifest in our lives on earth as it is in heaven. Don't go anywhere. we got a great show today. We're talking about prayer. We're going to be speaking with Dr. Troy Hinkle of the School of Faith up in the uh, Kansas City, Kansas area. Good stuff. Join this conversation over on Facebook.com slash Step Outside the Walls. You can find us on Twitter over at, at Outside the Walls. Let me know what you think. Talk to me about your Lenten journey. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Outside the Walls. Welcome back to Outside the Walls. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. Thanks for sticking through the break. Got a great show for you today great show. We're heading back to uh, the Archdiocese of Kansas City, Kansas. Of course, last week we talked with Joe Heschmeyer about fasting. He's a a seminarian for that Archdiocese. And today we're going to speak with Dr. Troy Hinkle. Uh, He has his master's in theology from Franciscan University in Steubenville and a doctorate in modern European history uh, with an emphasis on church and state relations, University of Kansas. Glad to have you here today. Right now you are currently also a a teacher at the Holy Family School of Faith there in Kansas City area. That is correct. Teacher, I actually like to say formator, but unfortunately no such word exists. Right. So <laughs> I accept teacher, but what we try to do is form people to become missionary disciples. Excellent. Well, what I want to do first off is just learn a little bit more about the School of Faith 
uh, and how one would get involved with it, participate in the classes, uh, and so forth. There's a just y'all have kind of the the dream team of uh, of formators there, the dream team of, of uh, professors, teachers, spiritual directors, all through. So tell us right. a little bit about uh, what the Holy Family School of Faith is, who's involved, and what it can do for uh, those who are listening here today. You bet. Thank you. So the Holy Family School of Faith, our mission is to form missionary disciples, and we do that by, by forming people in the teachings of Jesus, uh, teaching them how to grow in virtue and holiness, and in prayer. So your question is right up our alley. I appreciate that. We do that in a variety of formats. We have large group formats, small group, and we even do it one-on-one in, in, with spiritual mentorship. Because our goal is to take a person wherever they're at, introduce them to Jesus Christ, help them make their relationship with Jesus Christ the center of their life, and then lead them all the way as far as we can lead them in the path to sanctity. So, yeah, technically we, we have classes, but really that's not what they are. I mean, they, I guess technically they are, but these are, these are formation opportunities where we utilize catechesis and, and relationship and encouragement to, uh, to form everyone that we encounter to become uh, a holy missionary disciple. That's our goal. This is the mission given by Pope Francis mm-hmm. uh, and Evangelium Gaudium, his first document when he was Pope, first became Pope, so this is, this is what we do. Uh, we've been around since 2005, okay. and I've been involved with the School of Faith from the very beginning, and, I've, uh, and I came on board full-time in 2008. In 2005, 2006, and 2007, I was in full-time campus ministry at the St. Lawrence Center at KU, and I did the School of Faith part-time, so I came on full-time in 2008. All right. Now, you're a man after my own heart. You have six children. <laughs> yep, that's correct. <laughs> uh, so let's let's talk a little bit uh, about prayer. Uh, we're talking okay. last week we talked about fasting this week we're talking about prayer next week if I have my druthers we're going to talk about almsgiving those three prin- principal uh, pillars of the Lenten season and of our Lenten examination of course Lent right. being that season where we uh, we go with Christ into the wilderness for 40 days uh, we deprive right. we deprive ourselves of all of the luxuries so that we can really see what those things are that we truly need so right. A lot of times prayer gets kind of left by the wayside. Prayer we think of is something that we do when we need something, uh, whether it be a need for ourselves or for someone we love, whether they're sick or whatever the case is, that's when we pray. Or we pray for a blessing before meals. But we think of prayer as being between fasting and almsgiving, which we see as very active uh, we tend to think of prayer as a, uh, a more of a passive engagement, and yet, uh, you know, I, I'm looking at your Apostles of the Interior Life that you do, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. interior life, uh, while we think of it as being a very passive thing, is really a very active thing. So first, let's just That's talk right. about that nature of prayer being active, how prayer can be active, and then we'll go from there. Right. Well, it most certainly is an action. And, of course, we get it from Jesus himself. Well, prior to Jesus, we get it from patriarchs and prophets, but especially from our Lord. When we enter Lent, we are living in and with the life of Christ, especially when he entered the desert for 40 days when he's tempted. Mm -hmm. And I love the way the Catechism puts it. The Catechism says in 2849 that it is by prayer 
that Jesus vanquishes the tempter, both at the outset of his public mission and in the ultimate struggle of his agony. Mm. It is through prayer that he conquers. So you're right, when you say prayer is active, this is how we conquer the enemy. Because Satan tempts him, uh, pretty much with what St. John says in his first letter, the lust of the eyes, the, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Mm-hmm. This is how he's trying to get at Christ, because this is how he gets at us. Right. And he gets at us this way because we were so focused on the world. So prayer is the way that we sacrifice one of the most important things we have, namely time, and the sense of productivity. As Americans, we're so big on that. Yeah, We're saying, no, I'm going to sacrifice these, or at least the feeling of these things, Lord, to spend time with you. And in spending time with you, that is how I'm going to succeed in vanquishing the tempter, because... He pours his love into our own hearts, and we begin to love him more and the things of the world less. And that is the essence of the spiritual life. So prayer is really, in a sense, putting on uh, lenses that allow us to see things in a different way light. It allows us to see right. things from, from the godly perspective, uh, to see right. things as God sees them, and to really see where the priorities are. You, you talked about loving the world less and loving God more. But I think perhaps a different way of putting that is really just being able to see things as they truly are and and appreciate them for what they are. Right. I I think the problem is our ego, our our love, our disordered love of self can get in the way and, and it skews reality. So you're absolutely right. And this is what prevents us from having uh, not only a proper perspective, but a proper set of prioritization. So I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna walk you back a little bit there because you yes. used a phrase that that we may hear from time to time, but I want you to unpack it a little bit, and that's the phrase, sure. the disordered love of self. So let's talk right. about what it means for for that. You know, we we grew up around the self esteem movement of everyone uh, is valuable and worthwhile, and 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 we either have gotten disillusioned with that, or we still very much appropriate that. So let's talk about what is an what does it mean for something to be disordered in that philosophical concept you're talking about? And and what is a proper ordered view of self that would be then healthier? Right. Very good. Uh, the Lord has designed us to relate to him, to have a relationship with him. And on the natural level, that comes out in a desire for things that are good for us. Mm-hmm. So, even a desire for nutrients and food is itself a desire for Him. A desire for knowledge is a desire for Him, because He's the truth. A desire for friendship, obviously a desire for Him, a desire for beauty, and so forth. He's given us all these natural desires. And so, the way that we are going to be happiest is to seek all the good things that He wishes us to desire in a way that in so seeking, we don't harm or destroy the pursuit of any of the others. For instance, um, in, in pursuing knowledge, someone might get so puffed up with their knowledge that they hamper their relationships with others, and so they harm friendship because they're so full of, of, uh, of conceit and, and uh, 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 their haughtiness. Um, so that would be an example of when they're seeking after one 
thing, but it's in a disordered way. It harms the others. And what Jesus came to do is to show us that, hey, in order for you to have natural uh, happiness, you, you, you now need me. I'm the supernatural and the natural happiness. I show you the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, so when it comes for a disordered love of self, we tend to uh, love ourselves. Well, we're supposed to do that, love your neighbor as yourself. Right. But we tend to do it in a way that harms one of the other goods that we're supposed to have. If I love myself more than my neighbor, if I love myself more than Christ himself, then I'm, I, I, there's a disorder there. And so much of the sins, every sin, in fact, that I commit, that's why I commit it. Mm-hmm. So here we have the, the propensity as human beings to uh, to like too much of a good thing, to go toward disorder right. uh, and, and away from proportion. And so right. the role of prayer then, uh, what I hear you saying, is that now the role of prayer is to kind of be the the quiet moment in which we let the scales settle and we see where things are in proportion and where they're not in proportion. And through that communication with God, allow him to point out and begin the work of rebalancing. Right. And, and he puts it this way. He sums up the 10 commandments Mm -hmm. this way. Love the Lord, your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, with all of your soul, and then love your neighbor as yourself. There's the proportionality. You love God in this way, then you'll be able to love your neighbor, then you'll have the proper love of self. Now it's ordered. We tend to reverse that. Right. I love myself with all my heart, mind, strength, and soul, then I'll go for neighbor, then I'll go for God. Oh yeah, sure, he's in the mix. Right. He's not, he's not the, he doesn't have that kind of primacy. So prayer, when we pray, and by prayer, I mean meditation. Okay. When we practice daily meditation, what that does is that puts my being, with all of its disordered loves, in communion with God, who heals, who rectifies, who orders by pouring in his mercy. And uh, I, I, one, of, one of our School of Faith instructors has this phrase, he says, when joy meets misery, that produces mercy. And I can think of no better way that I think of my own prayer life than me, a miserable sinner, come to God who's the source of joy, and in that union I experience mercy. And that's what heals me, that's what reorders and rectifies me, that's what transforms me, and that's how I am able to love God in the way that Christ calls me to, and to love neighbor. Excellent. Well, when we come back from this break that we're just about to head into, I'm going to talk with you a little bit more. You brought up meditation, and I want to explore that a little bit and what that looks like in the Christian community and Christian history. Uh, Join this conversation over at Facebook.com slash Step Outside the Walls. On Twitter, the handle is at Outside the Walls. Let me know what you think. What does your Lenten prayer practice look like? Go ahead and come and tell us. We'll be right back after this break. Talking today, of course, with Dr. Troy Hinkle from the Holy Family School of Faith up in Kansas City, Kansas area. Much more to come. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. Thanks for sticking around. We're talking today with Dr. Troy Hinkle. He is at the Holy Family School of Faith up in Kansas City, uh, Archdiocese of Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, been in, uh, in this position for quite some time. Uh, he and his wife have six children, so obviously I'm a fan. Uh, also, <laughs> he, uh, you and your wife are co-founders of a new Catholic lay movement called uh, Collaborators of Joy. Tell us just a little bit right. about that before we get back into our conversation of prayer. Sure. Well, this is a lay movement that's affiliated with a religious community from Rome, Italy, known as the Apostles of the Interior Life. This is a religious community of, of religious sisters and priests, and, and they have two brothers okay. um, uh, who, whose goal is to, is to evangelize and to help deepen people's prayer life. Mm-hmm. So for this little movement, the Collaborators of Your Joy is a phrase uh, that's taken from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, where he, he's letting the Corinthians know he wants to collaborate in the joy they have in Jesus. Yeah. Of course, we recognize that this joy is ours to be had as we grow in our relationship with Him, and that's the aim of the movement. Excellent. Well, we're talking about prayer and the place of prayer in the Lenten season, uh, That the three pillars of the Lenten fast being prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And right before the break, you brought up uh, this, this key phrase. You said, when I'm talking about prayer, I'm talking about meditation. Now, a lot of times right. when we think about meditation— uh, in our Western context, we actually think of Eastern meditation, right? We think of uh, the the yoga mats and sitting crisscross applesauce on the floor and and having some <laughs> kind of a mantra and empty your mind and you know the like the Buddhist monk who walked up to a hot dog vendor and said, "Make me one with everything," right? And but this is not <laughs> what we're talking about when we talk about meditation in the Christian uh, history and Christian practice. So tell us a little bit. Uh, for someone who's never approached prayer as meditation, they have approached prayer as, dear Jesus, uh, I need something, or Hail Mary full of grace, I've got this memorized, or whatever else the case may be. Talk to us about how to move away from prayer being merely a verbal exercise and into uh, what it means for prayer to be meditation. Right. Well, here I'll paraphrase the way the Catechism does from St. Teresa, where she says, Prayer is nothing less than a gaze, than a raising of the heart and the mind to God, to Him whom we know loves us. Uh, I think of it in this way. It's being still mm-hmm. and let my being be with His being. Okay. And there, there's conversation that goes on, but sometimes that conversation is wordless. Mm-hmm. It is a commune of being, of, of, of me opening myself to him and him giving himself to me, because we're always passive in, in that sense, in prayer, passive in the sense that we must receive him. Mm-hmm. I also like the way the Catechism puts it, and it says that our prayer is nothing less than his thirst for us put into us. Hmm. Uh, so meditation is the way that we can still ourselves, use our imagination, and our affections, and and enjoy a deep relationship of communion with God. That's meditation. Now, I've heard some people talk about meditation as if we are emptying ourselves of ourselves by pushing away all distractions. Uh, and, and I th- tend to think of that as being in the Eastern form of meditation, of emptying ourselves. 
Whereas when I think of Christian meditation, I think of, you know, contemplation, that we are contemplating something. We're not emptying ourselves right. merely of ourselves. Rather, we are filling ourselves with something else, in this, in this case, with the presence of Christ. And the result is the same. We are emptied of ourselves, uh, but in one hand, we're filled with something else, the Spirit and the presence of God, and on the other hand, we're right. just left with silence. right. So talk That's about, exactly right. That's the biggest difference between between Eastern or, or that by Eastern we mean from from Asia a form of meditation as you get out of Buddhism or Hinduism. This idea of self emptying, this idea of of um, somehow um, emptying myself of my own personality, that's is to to be left empty. That's not what we mean by meditation at all. For us, sure, we want to do our best to quell distractions. Although there's only, we're not capable of doing that entirely. That has to be a gift of the Holy Spirit when the time is right. right. But what we do want to do is not be focused on paying bills and, you know, business decisions and getting the kid to practice or whatever. Rather, we want to be focused on Him so that we can be filled with Him. And there are various methods that the saints have uh, encouraged ancient methods mm-hmm. um, to do that, and 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 I think it doesn't matter which method you use, so long as you use one and stay with it. Okay, so let's just say that I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, okay, and and I've I've you know my whole experience with prayer has been just uh, bedtime prayers, mealtime prayers, and those prayers I learned in catechism class. Right now. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing that we need to now approach meditation, uh, and I'm, I'm hearing these words or concepts that I have no grasp on whatsoever. How do I start? Okay. There are lots of different methods out there, but pick one and give me some tangibles. Uh, so you bet. That, I'm going to pick the simplest one, because it's the one that I use. Excellent. I like the simple, and this is the method St. Teresa of Avila taught her sisters. Okay. And uh, she first says, okay, we want to open with the prayer of the Holy Spirit and ask Him to help us recollect. Now, what does she mean by that? Mm -hmm. Well, she means to set aside all of the things that we're thinking about and concerned about at the moment. Set those aside, the bills, the kids, the dog, the business, everything. Set those aside and recollect. Call to mind that we're in the presence of Almighty God and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. That's step one. Then, after we do that, she recommended that you have something available for spiritual reading. Now, this is different than reading for intellectual growth. Spiritual reading is a book that is, or a writing, it doesn't have to be a book, that is aimed at putting us into communion with God. Okay. I'm going to give you some recommendations. Of right. course, the Gospels are obvious, or the Psalms. Mm-hmm. The Scriptures are good, but there are some parts of the scriptures that are better than others. That's why I identified the Gospels or the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer um, some books. There's a, 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 several volumes called In Conversation with God by Father Francis Fernandez that follows the liturgical year. I've used that for 20 years. I, I love it. Okay. I'm also currently using another spiritual book called Divine Intimacy, written in the early 60s. Um, by Father Gabriel of St. Mary Magdalene, Divine Intimacy, it's called, uh, and so many others. Uh, so I don't want to overwhelm your audience, but those are two good ones. And, and just one other author I'll throw in there, Father Jacques Philippe. Mm-hmm. Father Jacques Philippe, he has a host of books out there. They're all about 100 pages, 
and they're chock full of dynamite. They're awesome. Yeah, there's one sitting so by my bed right now. Good. Which one do you have? Uh, thirsting for thirsting for God or thirsting for prayer? I think. Yeah, that's excellent. He's he's just fantastic. he's a holy, obviously a holy man. Mm-hmm. So but there are plenty of others. Those are just a, those are just some some suggestions. So she she says, okay. So you take your book for spiritual reading. Then after you've called upon the Holy Spirit, you read, but you're reading very slowly. The goal here is not to get to the end. This is a mistake we can make mm-hmm. by thinking, well, I got three pages to read here. Let's just read it straight through. <laughs> no, you want to read a little bit slowly combing it slowly to find that that nugget that that word that phrase that strikes you because when something strikes you you want to put the book down leave your page you know don't lose your marker put your bookmark in it or your finger but put the book down and now soak in it so that's the next step is she says reflect and relate what you're reflecting on to Jesus you read just a little then you reflect on that, and you put the book down, you sit still, you relate that to Jesus. You can say, Lord, why did that strike me? Are you speaking to me from that passage? I think you're telling me this, or maybe you're telling me that, or it's calling to mind this experience, or it's calling to mind this beautiful quality I see in you. And we sit still with him, and we soak in it. Mm-hmm. We let that truth, that spiritual piece of wisdom, marinate us, as one of my students puts it, (laughs) then eventually we are going to get overcome with distraction. That's just the way it is. So when that happens, gently call yourself back when you realize it. Now reopen your book and pick up where you left off Mm -hmm. and go read the next section, a small little section. Again, slowly you're combing through it, finding that nugget of interest. Then you repeat the process. You put the book down and you reflect on that and relate that to Jesus. And you do that, just repeat that whole process. Then she says, when you're done, and she recommended for lay people to pray 30 minutes a day. And that may not be doable for some people, but I tell people just start and make it a habit. Yeah. And, and cause you can, once it's a habit, you can always expand it. Mm-hmm. And let's say you're at minute 25 you realize, okay, I'm about finished. You want to make a concrete resolution. Okay. Because that, that meditation just spoke to you. The Holy Spirit is pointing out things in you that maybe you can improve on. Maybe you discovered you're a gossiper or a complainer or you criticize too much or you're lacking custody of the eyes or heart or whatever it is. Well, let's say you're a complainer and you realize, well, I complain about everything all the time. Then your resolution between now and tomorrow when you meditate again is, Lord, every time I about complain today, I'm going to stop myself and I'm thankful for. Then you say a prayer to the Holy Spirit, thanking Him for that resolution, and you carry that through the resolution forward until the evening when you examine yourself, see how you did. Notice the blessings and the difficulties that you have. Tell the Lord you're sorry, and you'll try harder tomorrow, and then repeat the process the next day. Great. That's meditation. That's how I do it anyway. Well, we'll be right back after this break. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam in our conversation with Dr. Troy Hinkle from the Holy Family School of Faith up in the Archdiocese of Kansas City, Kansas. A little bit more to come right after this break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. Oh, great show today. We're sitting here in the middle of the Linton season, the Linton Fast. And we, we hit it on this a little bit last week, and it's something I want to be, bring back up today in our conversation on prayer, is that Lent is not an end unto itself. Lent is a preparation for participation in the Paschal Mystery. You know, when Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted, it wasn't for the purpose of going into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted. It was for the launching of his public ministry, to be able to uh, express the the voice and the presence of God to a people who who needed it so desperately. And that's what our Lenten fast is for. When we pray, when we fast, and when we give alms, is to prepare us to go out and to be that that face of Jesus Christ to a world that so desperately needs it. Uh, and so today we're talking with Dr. Troy Hinkle. He's at the Holy Family School of Faith in Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, thanks for being with us today, uh, Dr. Hinkle. You're welcome, Timothy. Thanks for having me. So we, we started out, we talked about prayer being a very, uh, not just being a passive thing, but being an active uh, participation. You brought up that term meditation, and we spent the last uh, last segment talking about what meditation means and how practically to go about doing this. Now, uh, right. what I have as a question for you now is, how did you get started in this? What drew you to to a ministry specifically focused on uh, prayer information? Hmm, good question. Um, I think first I was drawn to the ministry of catechesis. I thought, I want people to understand their faith. But when my dear friend Mike Scherzlick and I, and he's the founder and I'm the co-founder of School of Faith, when we were working together in campus ministry at the University of Kansas, we, we, were, we were both engaged in catechesis and teaching theology, and we were discovering that our students upon graduation were falling away from the faith hmm. after they left our atmosphere, after the environment of, of the St. Lawrence Center. We're like, wow, what's going on here? And we realized we're not teaching them to pray because it's in prayer that we develop the roots that can sustain, just like the psalmist says, that can sustain, sustain the dry seasons and the, the harsh climate. So because he and I both had gained so much from having an active prayer life, Personally, we realized this is something that we needed to teach so that our students would have that deep and abiding relationship with Jesus. So that came about um, organically by recognizing uh, this, this, this problem that was occurring with our students, and we've integrated into our ministry ever since. Okay. So you can find out more information about the Holy Family School of Faith at School of Faith. Dot com. Uh, you can find out about their, their schedule, their staff, uh, news and events, a little bit of everything there uh, to connect with them for the purpose of developing your own prayer life. Uh, you know, it could be that you're like me and you, you think that you've got a pretty good handle on the catechesis of things. Maybe you've got your own copy of canon law sitting on your desk. Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> right. But, but the canon law and the, having the catechism memorized, it's, it's not enough. The purpose of our faith is to be in communion with God, to be in communion with Christ through the graces of the sacrament. And one of the ways, the primary ways throughout history, even before uh, the, the incarnation of Christ, the primary ways that we connect with God is through prayer. It, and it's not just something that we do in that moment of 
sheer panic of, oh, I need help at this moment. It's from the very beginning. You go to the book of Genesis and you open it up and it says that Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day. That's what right. we were made for. And, it, and it's what we are called to go back to. Uh, there's a, a great little booklet. You can still get it today. Uh, it's available online as well. I think you can read most of it online from St. Alphonsus Liguori called How to Pray Continually and Familiarly with God. How to Converse Continually and Familiarly with God. Uh, we're going to put a link up to that here on our social media. You can find it at facebook.com slash step outside the walls. Uh, the handle on Twitter is at Outside the Walls. Be sure to check that space to see, uh, find that resource and look through it. So, uh, Troy, is there anything else you want to leave us with in the few minutes we've got left uh, to tell us the importance of prayer and how we can appropriate more fully through prayer the Paschal Mystery? Right. You know, I think Lent is a good time for us to change. That's what we want to do. We want to be transformed into Christ. And if you don't, if your audience does not have a prayer life, we're still early enough in Lent. Make this your priority for Lent. Not so that it ends at Easter season, but so that you've made it a habit. We want to change. And it is our time with prayer, in prayer with Christ, that enables us to change. He is the physician. He is the truth. Mercy incarnate and wisdom incarnate, and he will give the essence of himself to us. Well, obviously, in the Eucharist and the sacraments, but he unfolds those gifts in our prayer life. So I urge, urge, urge your audience, Timothy, to pick up the habit of daily meditation. They won't be sorry, they will experience that transformation. Great. Well, thank you so much for the time you've given us. I know you've got a, a busy life, specifically between School of Faith with your uh, collaborators of your joy and with uh, your six kids. So t- t- <laughs> real quick, real quick, we have to have this competition here. How, how old are your children? Okay, so they go from 21 uh, down to nine. Nine is my baby, and there's about a two-year increment, four boys, two girls. All right. We, we have uh, four boys, two girls. We had a really good pattern, right? We have boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, uh, and then another boy. He broke our pattern, just born uh, about, <laughs> about two weeks ago. <laughs> well, congratulations. Uh, thank you. What a pleasure to have you on today. All my best. Uh, and I encourage everyone, go check out www.schooloffaith.com. Uh, spend some time, find out some more about how they can assist you in developing your spiritual life. Troy, thanks for being on today. You're welcome. Thank you. God bless you. If you've missed any part of this show, you want to go back and listen to it again, maybe listen to the instructions and the directions of how to be contemplative, uh, then I I encourage you, go over to OutsideTheWalls.com. You can find the link to the podcast. Listen to it over again. Share it with your friends. And this Lent, make this Lent the time that you start developing your prayer life. That's all the time we have for this week. Next week, we're going to talk about the third pillar of Lent, almsgiving. Don't know who that'll be yet, but it's going to be a good one, I promise. Oh, Outside the Walls is a co-production of St. Michael Radio and Breadbox Media, heard around the world on terrestrial radio, live streaming, and podcast. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.